We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. With the third pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select LaMelo Ball from Chino Hills, California. TJ. All right, welcome in to another Buzz Beat episode. I am one of your co-hosts, Spencer Percy. It's going to be myself and Brian Geisinger today. Uh, it's been a while, so this has just been us two, uh, as Richie has been been pulling most of the weight here, which we're not foreign to anymore, <laughs> Brian. But uh, before we jump in here, I uh, just want to mention a few things. If you are listening right now uh, and you enjoy our podcast, which I would assume you do if you are listening... We have a way for you to support us with a donation. You can make a one-off donation on on your choosing or sign up for our membership right now. When you sign up for the membership, you will receive a free invitation to our Slack channel, exclusive video interviews from the media, because Richie is in just about every single pregame and postgame media session with coaches and players. Uh, and then an occasional video version uh, of the podcast, just like this one. Uh, also, we'll give you a shout out on the episode, which we're going to give a few shout outs here in just a second to some of our uh, very first members. We should have more in the works. We're still discussing a few things. We would appreciate any ideas uh, that listeners have. But you can get all of this for $2 a month or $20 a year. So I thought about it this way earlier. If I could think about all the things that I spent two, uh, you know, $2 a month on and uh, regret doing so, this would not be one of them. So we would really appreciate it uh, if you became a member of um, uh, Buy Us a Coffee, I think it's the platform. Actually wrote uh, on the platform today, Richie sent me an article that he had published on it, and uh, I loved it so much. It inspired me to write. My fingers still work, BG. So uh, <laughs> if you are so kind and, and can, can afford $2 a month and you really like our, our content, which I hope you do, uh, I would encourage you to go there. You can find all of that information uh, on Twitter. Without any further ado here, I want to give our first two members uh, a little shout out. Uh, the first one is Michael Shaheen. Uh, he's at laser glaciers on twitter it's an awesome our, it's an awesome twitter name by the way yeah yeah it's awesome that, i'm not sure what it's referencing yeah. but it, but i like it sounds cool i want to drink a, a laser <laughs> glacier gatorade flavor that's, that's yeah, that what sounds it sounds like, a, like to me that or some really hippie uh ipa yeah. um so so <laughs> so i like it so our first member on buy me a coffee thank you so much michael and also omar smith uh, for being our other uh, one of our first two members on Buy Me a Coffee. Please go follow both of these guys on Twitter. Again, Michael, coolest Twitter name in the universe, at Laser Glaciers. And then Omar is at OE Smith 07. So thank you very much to Michael and Omar. BG. Let's get in here. What's going on, BG? I feel like it's been a while since I've talked to you. Yeah. And real quick, I, I am planning on to do, I haven't quite plan it all out yet, but I'm planning to do some sort of, uh, I'm going to try to keep them small, uh, but some little bits of just Hornets playbook style. I'm thinking like very quick post. I I don't want this to be anything that I spend. I write too much with my actual job, but, uh, but I've got some, I've got some ideas. So plan on that for the, for the buy me a coffee site. Um, 
and also I like coffee, so maybe I'll try to find a way to work that in into the uh, the equation here somehow. But <laughs> man, I'm doing all right. I'll be honest. Like uh, I I'm feeling like a little bit better right now as compared to at any point over the last year or so. I uh, this this week earlier this week hit my 14 days post second vaccine, so I I am fully inoculated. Uh, I'm immune or whatever. Let's go. So that is cool. Um, very exciting and, you know, just college basketball season is so much fun and, and I, it's a blast to get to cover and write about it. But, um, there was just so much basketball inventory to keep up with there for a while, especially if you're watching every Hornets game, trying to keep up with the draft. Um, and so to have like less live games going on is just like better for my mental health probably. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm doing all right. And yeah, just nice. Like, you know, spring's here, summer's around the corner. It's a nice time in North Carolina. Vaccinated. Most of my friends are vaccinated. And uh, yeah, just like fewer sort of like basketball related obligations. But the playoffs are also coming up too. So I'm doing pretty well, man, all, all things considered. Good. Yeah, it sounds like things are looking up. That that seems to be like the general narrative that you hear. Uh, people are, you know, like you said, the weather's getting nicer. We need a little rain around here, but the weather's yeah. getting nicer. You know, people are getting vaccinated. I'm actually getting mine on Monday. I was supposed to get to the Johnson & Johnson a few weeks back. Yeah. Got pulled off the shelves, so I had to wait. Yeah. Uh, so getting that Monday. So, no, I, I'm with you, man. Um, and I can't wait for that playbook content that you're going to do on Buy Me a Coffee, which you basically already have the entire Hornets playbook on Twitter. <laughs> so you're going to have to start like putting some of that away yeah. for our members, I think, now. Um, I've got some yeah, stuff. So, I've got some stuff just saved to my computer. That uh, oh, perfect. Th- that, so there, there's plenty in the the folder on the computer here. That is uh, uh, in in the in the in the pipeline. But there's 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 this there's a lot of that. Yes, I do just pump that out on on Twitter. But I'll have to maybe get like a little more selective. We'll see. We'll we'll see. I'm still workshopping it. Love it. Well, I, it's a good reminder for me. So I'm going to do what I did today. It's called. It was going to be five something. I can't remember what the cool uh, um, name that we came up with. And then I started writing. I was like, "That's too heavy of a lift." Yeah. So it's going to be called. Um, it's going to be called Three Stings. It is. I basically ripped it off from Zach Lowe's uh, Friday Ten Things column, which I don't feel that bad about. Like whatever, he's one of the best that does it. And so I'm going to write about three things that the Hornets are doing on the court that's just kind of jumping off the screen um, at me, and also jumping out. In person, I'm going to the game next Friday against Orlando. So first Hornets game uh, in, in a while. So anyways, go read that stuff. You'll be Join, uh, buy me a coffee. What, what was that, BG? You'll be there for the uh, the Coach Clifford uh, home Revenge. There. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the home revenge, yeah. W- one of those games that you kind of look at the rest of the Hornets schedule and you're like, got a green got a green check that one. Yeah, like cannot. Yeah, cannot lose that game we'll talk about the remaining schedule i'm sure at some point it's definitely going to ease up for charlotte detroit is one of those games too you know both of them right even the one in detroit like kind of probably have have to have both of them um let's zoom out and look at the fundamentals here and and what's happened the last 15 16 games the hornets 30 and 32 two games below 500 currently sitting at eighth in the east i mean what is it i think it's a full game over indiana it might just be a half game i don't even have that pulled up but i mean the breathing room is is shrinking six and ten in the month of april bg i would say like i would say it it probably exceeds my expectations to be honest with you that record in in, in the month of april yeah yeah yes they are you're correct they're a half game over uh indiana in in ninth and and washington man it's just Coming on strong at tenth, just like I mean, the Hornets really did just get just nip them right before the Wizards went just crazy. Since I mean, yeah, turns out having yeah. Bradley Beal come back and I mean, he and Westbrook, it's worked out. Like Westbrook's still getting pressure on the rim, Beal's attacking the scramble defenses, Bertans is making like eighty percent of his threes again. It's yeah, it's hard to they 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 score a lot of points. Yes, this has definitely exceeded my expectations. They got some. But, or or let me say this it's it's kind of fit my expectations i would say i didn't think this was going to go well um obviously worried after lamello got more concerned after malik and then yeah I, I assumed that things would sort of like fall through the floor once hayward got out i guess that hasn't quite happened again 6 and 10 in the month of april but their efficiency numbers have really been trending down the last couple of weeks they got some bumps in the schedule because they got to play the Bucks once when they sat 
uh, Giannis, mm-hmm. Middleton, Everyone. Lopez, <laughs> Holiday. They got to play Oklahoma City at a time when they really needed that game. Um, hell, man, they got to play the Blazers without Damian Lillard. And that's a game that, like, they were up big, and then Carmelo Anthony, like, almost shot Portland back into that game, you know? And then shot Portland out of it. Yeah, right. Uh, you <laughs> giveth and taketh. He did that, too, recently against Memphis uh, in another game that, that Portland ended up. Uh, losing, they're they're a very weird part of their season right now. But, um, but the win in like the I would say the loss to Chicago was one of the most disappointing games all season. But then the win over Boston mm, yeah. on this weekend was one that of, was the best game they've played. Yeah, Sunday. Like, that you know. Yeah, and and honestly, when you like when you zoom out even farther, like I, I think one of the best games they played all season. Yeah, you know, I mean yeah. that that was a complete team performance on both ends of the floor so I, I was i was super impressed by that game that game and then the, you know they backed it up with two losses but the way they fought against milwaukee and boston to me is very important like i, I was i came away from both of those losses still encouraged yeah yes i thought they they were they were mostly fine um at, at t- like the, you know they, they dug holes and then they were sort of able to climb back it's just tough for them to sustain you know, productive offense, right? Like they just don't, unless Rozier and Graham are really bombing, like, you know what you're going to get from miles at this point. I mean, he's been incredible. We're going to talk more about miles, but just there are too many lineups where you've got, especially when biz is like in the rotation over Zeller. And again, that's probably something we should discuss as well. Um, But some of those lineups and then one of the Martins is out there as well. It's just, man, it gets really tough for them to find like, sustainable offense you've seen Rozier's numbers sort of fluctuate at times uh, he's been dealt some tough defensive assignments um I mean Drew Holiday did a, did a number on him but I also thought just like the Bucks with their switch were able to take away a lot of what Charlotte wanted and Charlotte was missing a lot of their switch beaters in that game right like Hayward LaMelo Malik um they could have really used those yep. guys because the Bucks are pretty aggressive switching around on them offensively Wanamaker, I mean, he's just playing. He's being asked to do more than you would have expected. He's had a couple of good games, but I just have no confidence in the jump shot. I mean, I know he's done done an okay job getting downhill, getting to the rim, and they've needed some of that like north south creation and, and playmaking. But um, you know, it's just not enough to to really stem the tide if uh, if if you're not getting like a level production from Devonte and, and Rozier. So. I don't know. I would say this stretch of games is sort of like maybe they've been a little bit better, but I think a lot of that was just because like the, the schedule did some, some favors, which like, hey, you got to take advantage of those games, you know, but um, but I'm just ready for them yeah. to get some of these guys back because it, it's just not the, the rotation that they're having to go in on a game to game basis is just like, yeah, I mean, they're putting it together with bubble gum and, you know, tape and yeah duct tape it's it's it's, it's a lot it's a lot to ask of this Whatever. crew right now you can find on the floor yeah uh no question i mean yeah they're obviously the the options are limited i mean to your point i'm, I'm looking it up as kind of you're talking 24th charlotte is in the month of april and half court yeah. offense was honestly a little better than i probably would have guessed but i mean that's like 0.94 points per possession is what it comes out at. I mean, that's 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 really bad, right? Like, yeah. so they just have no way to get consistent buckets. Um, thank God for Devontae. You know, these the, the past week or so, I mean, he's really started to shoot the ball a whole lot better. Saw it last night in Boston. Saw it against Milwaukee. I mean, he was, I would say, in both third quarters, which is where Charlotte really made their charge in both those games. I mean, it was it was the Devontae Graham show because Rozier has been. Uh, he's lost at sea somewhere right now. I'm not. If anybody finds him, uh, please return him uh, because he's he's not the same guy, which is fine. You know, I, I think at some point we knew the Rosier regression was coming. He looks a little gassed, maybe to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything that you, that you said, BG. But you know, we have gotten a better look at Cody Martin. You know, he's back in the lineup now. He started the last four games. Wrote about him today. You know, Charlotte's defense is what it is. It's <laughs> you know, I, was, I wrote about this today too. Do you remember when we previewed the Virginia Oregon um, Sweet Sixteen matchup? Yeah, and I said this Oregon defense crack. is a matchup. Yeah, exactly, yeah. a matchup okay. zone on crack. Yeah. The more I watch the Charlotte defense, I'm like, I mean, that's what it is to yes. me. Yeah, like yes. I, I mean, it's just yeah. total chaos. 
like there's no method to the madness. It's just let's throw something at the defense that they can't figure out because we don't actually really know totally what we're doing. Um, so, anyways, zooming out one more time, uh, Charlotte right now, 19th in offense, 18th in defense. God, that 18th in defense is just so amazing. Turnovers are big, um, right? Like, that's that. Oh, huge. I mean, and like, that's part of their that scramble with the, with the zone and their ability yep. to just be multiple defensively, I think, is really what it is. Like, yeah. Uh, when they play man and they switch pretty aggressively, um, and then they can mix in even last, even the, Second game against Boston, you saw some full court pressure. The zone, um, they're looking to get in passing lanes, and I mean it, it leaves them exposed in certain areas because like they don't rotate that well. So when they when they go for steals, like if they don't, yeah. if they don't get it or get a deflection, it, it can it can produce bad results for them. But yeah, you're, all the, like, yeah. The, that defense, the fact that they have not landed in the bottom third of that is like it feels like a miracle, or also uh, oh, like inevitable sure. that it's yeah. going to eventually crater down there. It, it's on its way. I, I was looking at it today too, as as I was writing for Buy Me a Coffee, and you know Charlotte's 29th in transition frequency following a steal which over the season, they're second. In April, they're 29th. So it's slipping away from them. I mean, to your point, BG, they have to find their way to those opportunities. And, you know, Cody Martin is almost literally the only path to that opportunity uh, as the rotation currently stands. So um, it's interesting from that perspective. Uh, What was I just about to bring up here? Well, let's look at the playoff odds. Basketball reference is 58%. Uh, for Charlotte right now, likely at a seven or eight seed, uh, only giving them you know less than a five percent for the six seed, which seems about right now. I mean that they need almost everything to fall right to climb that high. Five thirty eight dot com, forty eight percent to make the playoffs, which uh, I, I feel like that feels a little low to me with Charlotte's remaining schedule and knowing that they're going to get some guys back here probably next week, Lamelo Ball and, and Malik Monk. I'm guessing that's factoring like the play in scenario. Right. Oh, that's a good point. Them, like yeah. making the play in scenario, but not, you know, but not getting in the playoffs. playoffs. Oh, I'm, true. I'm guessing yeah. it's baked into that. Um, to one of the one of the thing I wanted to mention. This is a couple days old now, so I would need to sort of like update it. But I was looking at it this last week. Uh, Charlotte splits with Lamelo on off this season. Um, with Lamelo on the court, thirteen point eight seconds per offensive possession. Thirty five percent of Charlotte's shots coming at the rim 76 percent of their shots are either at the rim or three pointers with mellow on the court with the mellow off uh 15 seconds per offensive possession so more than a second longer um 30 percent of their attempts shot attempts are at the rim uh so a drop by five percent 74 percent of their field goal attempts are at the rim or above three pointers a lot of those of course coming from above the break with Devonte and um Terry Rosie. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. So, you know, getting LaMelo back next week is certainly going to be exciting. We're going to see some of these guys, you know, in the lineup that we've been seeing recently, not as much. You mentioned this earlier, BG. I want to go ahead and touch on it. Bismack Biombo looks like he's in the rotation over Cody Zeller right now. We saw Zeller more last night in Boston, but that was probably just because that was a second of a back-to-back. Some good minutes for Zeller, but... I mean, where do you land on this thing with with Biz playing over Zeller? I mean, I, I guess the the internal conclusion here is that just Zeller's spit. Yeah, I so um, 
know, I ride with with James Brago on a lot of things. I think he overall is uh does does has done a good job with this team, not just this season, but over the last three years. I, look, if there's some stuff that people want to debate about, we can have those debates. But for the most part, like I, I think James Brago does a does an okay job with roster management. This is one where I just like can't I can't go to bat for him on like biz over uh, Cody Zeller. Um, I understand like he, Richie even asked him during the, the post game last night and, and JB had a very straightforward plain answer made sense of just like, yeah, Cody gives us a little bit of everything. And by that, you know, it means he's a significant upgrade offensively and in biz gives us uh, some, you know, vertical aggression at the rim defensively, sort of like what it came down to. Um, but just when they play Viz, like it's not like they're incapable of having good offensive runs with strings of possessions with him out there. Um, it's certainly harder now because they're missing three of their best players with Malik and, and Gordon and LaMelo. Um, and, and really that lineup with Miles at the four and PJ at the five has really been what's powered them all season for that matter, but now especially while they're missing some of their other shot creators. Um but it's really they run into just awful stretches. They were minus fourteen <laughs> in five minutes with Biz on the court in the first half against uh, Boston. And you throw Zeller in there, and he immediately starts screening, starts angling those screens, starts getting into the paint. Um, again, maybe maybe the there is some hope that Zeller would be more of a have more impact defensively, and, and yeah, his like catch all defensive numbers, depending on where you look at them, uh, they they do seem to be down a little bit, but like. His offensive efficiency numbers are still fine for the most part. Yeah. And just seeing what he does, his ability to screen roll, everyone who follows the Hornets knows this stuff. It's been the same shit with Zeller for seven years now. Screen roll, short roll, playmake. Like get guys open pull up shots. Um and yeah, I'm I'm like I it's gonna be hard to budge me off the ledge that like as the season goes on, especially as the postseason starts to come around, that biz has any shares any part of being in this rotation that like all 48 of those center minutes need to be some combination of pj washington and cody zeller some other yeah. you know small ball lineup I, I i just again i think i it I mean well, let me let me think let me phrase it this way i understand the argument for why you would want biz to play in theory right but because in practice, I don't think it holds all that much water. It's really hard for me to buy the case of of Biz over Zeller, unless there is actually some physical component of managing Cody's health or fitness or stamina for the stretch run here. Anything short of that, I just really can't get get down with. To be honest with you, well, I, I mean, I <clears throat> I agree with everything you said. I mean, I understand from a coaching standpoint if if somebody didn't show you numbers. Uh, saying, you know, Bismack, look, he, he plays hard. He gives us energy. Uh, he does give us, you know, some faction of rim protection that we don't really have anywhere else in the roster. Like, okay, he checks those boxes. We all know that. Um, so dunksandthrees.com, BG, I'm sure you know it well. Uh, it's, it, it probably has, like, if you're just looking for, like, a 50,000-foot view stat that's about as accurate as it gets right now, they're estimated plus minus pretty good like it's so overwhelmingly cody zeller in terms of efficiency on the floor and and bismack i mean cody zeller in about 815 minutes this year 73rd percentile among centers bismack miyambo a little better on the defensive end but 27th percentile in terms of just like overall efficiency on the floor in about 1200 minutes so there's a 400 minute difference there but I, i don't think that like that doesn't make up the gap that that the efficiency uh, is suggesting, and and that's where, like that's where I think you got to land if you know you're only getting so much from the center position in general on this roster. Like you you know you're you're getting kind of bare bones anyway. So you, you got to like BG. I brought this up. I don't know a month ago. Whenever we recorded that episode where we were talking about this exact thing, and my conclusion was, I just think they're trying to save Zeller up. Like I think they're going to need him uh, in the playoffs. He's going to play twenty to twenty five minutes. Like I don't buy all this that's going on, but I don't. I don't know that I feel that now. Like I, I actually think that Bismack Biombo has been uh, has moved up in the rotation over him. And I'm with you. I, it doesn't 
doesn't add up to me. It's it's a weird, weird decision and one that I hope um, it, it is not still the decision when we get to a play-in scenario. Yeah, I just don't – in the playoffs, I'm, I'm just not sure how you can sustain with Biz. He had another possession in the Boston game uh, last night where he rolled or cut. Should have been a, a layup finish. Ball hit him smack in the hands, and he, he couldn't catch it. I mean, it's the same stuff over and over again. Um, yeah. And, yeah, there's nothing – like, there's – it's okay if Bismack is your, you know, your sixth big guy, and he's the 13th guy on the roster, like – I don't think that's the most effective use of a roster spot, but that is largely fine. If mm-hmm. and I know injuries are playing a role into this, but it's just there's no scenario in 2021 where you can actually say like, yeah, he's a part of our like eight to nine man playoff rotation. Like those minutes are not probably not going to go well for you on either end of the court, um, even if Biz is giving you effort and and some sort of like stability protecting the rim. Um, perhaps more interestingly within this debate, what are your, what do you think about, I know we've talked a lot about PJ at five this year, but, um, I don't know what, what recently, how, what have you made of those PJ? What have you made of those PJ lineups on both sides of the court? You know, PJ has looked a lot better to me since he returned, um, from that injury hiatus, uh, a lot, a lot better, which I was, I was kind of surprised how good he looked. He just got more spring in his step. Uh, he, he's, he's shooting the ball with a lot of confidence right now. That's been, that's an extended period of time now. Um, I mean, look, offensively, the, the gains are obvious, right? Like the Hornets play five out. They're really, really, really difficult to guard when PJ's at the five. They just have so many different things, actions they can get into. Um, and you just, you know, they have enough shooting on the floor in those lineups where you can't help. You know, it's going to be wide open if you can get a step on your defender. I mean, you cannot help uh, on a team that loves to spray it like this and has that many shooters on the floor. So, you know, on that side of the floor, it's obvious. On the defensive floor, it holds water according to the numbers. I mean, I think at this point, you know, we're three quarters of the way through the season. Farther than that, you know, the numbers suggest that it's not a complete free fall. Um, And so, you know, I know you've been banging this drum for a while. We just – Brego just needs to try to get to those lineups as, as much as humanly possible. And I think it's hard to ignore that take. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, but that's also contingent on like matchup. Like if Charlotte runs into Philly in the first round, Biombo and Zeller have to play, right? Like they just, or, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yes. um, you know, if you get, if you get Chicago uh, in, in a, in a playing game matchup, like I'm not sure I want PJ Washington, like, on an island with Nick Vucevic. I mean, not that the Bulls have been lighting it up, you know, recently, but we know what that guy can do. You know, it's it's yeah. those kind of things that make me nervous. So I just think it's very, it's very matchup dependent. But I mean, if PJ continues to look as good as he has um, in your Charlotte, to to kind of my point earlier, you know, you're getting bare bones out of the true center position, anyways. Like, why not? Yeah, why not just get to the PJ lineup as much as possible because you at least have a, a true competitive advantage on one end of the floor yeah i mean i pj has struggled to finish at the rim a little bit this year he's uh just under 49 percent on non-posted attempts at the rim in the half court which is uh there are 161 guys in the nba according to synergy with at least 100 half court non-post up rim field goal attempts this year pj ranks uh, 149th out of that bunch. The only center behind him is Andre Drummond, which is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> the rest are like guards and wings. Uh, 35.5% <laughs> on post-ups, 0.61 points per possession. Um, mm. Obviously, like he's at a length disadvantage. You and I talked about this a lot last season. He's not the most like explosive of vertical leapers. Like He's not a below-the-rim player. He probably sort of like plays to the level of the rim was how we used to describe it. Um, he also, I think one of the things that would really help him is just his ability to sort of finish through contact, uh, when he doesn't have Mm -hmm. a full head of steam. Like I think some of the PJ dunks when he, you know, he comes off a hard vertical cut and, or a hard roll and, and you can still like, he can catch a guy and put him on a poster. But even last night against Boston, he just, when he doesn't have a full head of steam and he'll like take contact and sort of like contort his body, almost trying to like finish like really athletically, but he's you know, six, seven, 250 pounds. Like it, it, it looks kind of yeah. awkward when he does it. it goes in. Sometimes he got an and one 
late in the fourth quarter off of it. But uh, but that's something to sort of like monitor going forward. And to be clear, like he's being asked to do a lot and he hasn't complained about it one bit. And and it really unlocks a lot of good stuff for for Charlotte. The pick and roll numbers are really good this year. Um, after a slow start, those really started to tick up. The pick and pop numbers are like a little, they're okay. They're not great, but like, he's obviously a good pick and pop player. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has become, he's been a, a, a solid above the break three point shooter, especially recently. He's been pretty hot from out there. So like, I, I love him as a pick and pop player. I really love when that three point shot goes down and he starts using that to get to his catch and go game. He drops that back right foot, he plants and he explodes like, you know, if he's attacking off a hard close, like he can get around that guy, especially when he's playing oh, yeah. center, you know, um, and, and PJ, that's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That that's my favorite PJ Same. offensive value is that, that just go, pick and pop. Catch and okay. Go. He gets close out. He get he gets, yep. puts it on the floor two or three times, kicks it out, relocates yep. to the corner, gets it again, yep. beats that close out. Like, that is the offense Charlotte has to ex- – yeah. they have to run that offense in the play- yeah. or the playoffs. Yeah, they have to. It's, again, as like, yeah, 30-plus minutes a game basically or 30, 25 minutes a game, whatever. And, and he's a good short – like he can make drop passes on that short roll. Like um, he, he can turn into like a connector or a finisher on those possessions, which is which is pretty nice. Um, and obviously from the corners, he's just been cash money his entire career thus far defensively like his rim protection has just been better this year and maybe some of that is like you know the some of those numbers are a little bit better because he's getting to play in the zone and that has a tendency to maybe beef up some of the the blocks numbers but even his like defended field goal percentage at the rim like that's better he looks more explosive especially after the first couple weeks we've touched on this some but just like you know he's picked up he picks up a goaltending every now and then, but it's like him going after a shot to really try to like pin right. it, you know, or, yep. or really reject it. Like his his rim protection's been pretty pretty awesome at times this year. And you know you mentioned him sort of like a a, a shakier matchup against a, a someone like Vucevic. Totally true. The the almost bigger concern for PJ in those scenarios is when they play man and they switch one through five. And then all of a sudden it's like Nick Vucevic on like Devontae Graham or Terry Rozier. And then you're like, yep. oh God, now it's a crisis here. Um, yeah. so that's and, and by the way, Charlie, and they get stuck in that situation a whole lot, oh, whether great. they're playing a man yeah. or that crazy matchup zone. Yeah. They've, they've also gotten really good at, at helping each other. I mean, when, when you watch those bad matchups, we saw it against Giannis the other night a few times when Tatum caught it around the basket a few times last night. I mean, there are five they're almost 10 feet in the paint. These yeah. guys help each other. Like they, yeah. they know what they have to do, but teams are just going to get as many outside shots as they want um, against Charlotte. So, you know, going back to kind of the defense, like I, it's crazy. It's hard to keep up with. There's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, rhyme to the reason, but at the end of the day, they're going to, you know, they're going to stop the ball getting to the paint or being around the rim with, with, four and a half, five bodies, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're going to live with, with that, whatever the rest of the result is. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think you make a good point. Like, yeah, yeah. PJ, it, it, when we come to the playoffs, like are we going to be switching him off of, <laughs> yeah, a behemoth that often? Maybe yeah. not. The I do think long-term, it's – I don't want him to – we talked about this with Div a while ago on the podcast where, you know, PJ's basically playing half of his minutes, or maybe it's even a little bit more at this point at center, probably is a little bit more at this point. Um, You know, I'd like to see that number more in the 25, 30% range. I just like it as like a a change up for Charlotte going forward. I love that they can click into this small ball lineup that you know, we saw it last season, uh, you know, when he and Marvin would play at the 4-5, and now you're seeing it again with Bridges, at the, in PJ the four or five, it's just like, yeah, it, they've clicked into this. They already they have like a small ball center on this roster now. Like it's kind of cool that they they did get that with PJ, and we knew that was always a possibility. Um, and and I really do think PJ is sort of like the archetypal modern space four, but his ability to shift down to center and the rim protection's gotten better. Um, it's interesting. It's another just another little aspect that that sort of shows you how Charlotte has drafted well um, and developed guys well the last couple of years. Um, and yeah, as you're thinking about how they're going to build rosters for, for the postseason runs around LaMelo going forward, you know, obviously you'd like to have even more guys that you could, could help unlock small ball lineups. But having guys like Miles and PJ 
um, mm-hmm. is is sort of ideal. So we think of them as hybrid forwards, but PJ's ability to shift to the five, um, you know, is his hybrid aspect. And and really, I think like the returns this season, while uneven at times, especially defensively, I just think you can feel pretty good about. And and you, you can really like going forward, you're going to be able to give Lamelo some 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 half court sets where. Yeah, you're playing true five out, and you've got all five guys mm-hmm. on the court that can shoot, that can pass, and can and can can dribble. Um, I don't know; it's interesting. So, just it's worth it's worth noting just going forward with Charlotte. But yeah, it's. I think my hope is that it becomes uh, like a specialized weapon for them in the years on the future, not the like base offense you know like right. the like the, the base you. lineup yeah. that they that they're having yeah. to lean on minus so, the so ceremonial sorry yeah yeah, yeah. um and, and so, last, okay. thing, last thing i want to say about center uh or if you want if you want to you can jump in too but just no no, no. go ahead go there, ahead and then i got one thought and we're gonna move on okay the last thing i'll say they're probably approaching the window here where if they wanted to go back to vernon carey jr one more time and see if he's can like has a chance to be a part of the rotation. They're probably like there's only like three weeks left in the season, you know. They only have like ten games left or yeah. whatever. So like if it's gonna happen, it's gotta be soon because I'm not sure you can yeah. like break the glass on that again in the, no, the post. Maybe not. you can, but seems less realistic. So I'll be curious to see if they try that one more time or if we've just like shelved Vernon Carey Jr. uh until next season. Yeah, that would, that's that's interesting. That would be my gut, just because like every minute's going to matter for Charlotte from from this point to the finish line. But what I was going to uh, say, because you you brought it up early, so uh, according to Basketball Reference, forty nine percent of PJ Washington's minutes this year have come at the center position. That's obviously just a massive increase from his rookie mm-hmm. season, which is twelve percent. So. <laughs> Before we move on to Miles, BG, what do you think that needs to be? I mean, obviously, again, matchup dependent, but yeah. that needs to be 60%, 65% yeah, in finish, playoff game? To finish the season, yeah, probably. And then, probably. Like, yeah. And then, like, next season, it needs to be down to, like, 25%, you know? Right, right. We got to have yeah, this guy. I just think, like, second you, contract. you can't play those yeah. lineups as much. As, obviously, like, <clears> he should play, you can play him some with Zeller because, like, Miles is going to have to sit for chunks of time, right? Sure, um, yeah. Um, and having Hayward will help unlock some of that stuff for you too. But yeah, I think for the most part, you're going to have to see him play. It's just, yeah, it's going to have to be the majority of his minutes at center for them in the playoffs. All right. So Miles Bridges, um, I mean, it's the story of the season to me. I mean, I, I would have said LaMelo. It pro- maybe it still is LaMelo, the most pleasant surprise, but I don't think any of us saw this coming from Miles you know, certainly after the first half of the season, which wasn't terrible, it just was like, okay, this is Miles Bridges. We we know who this guy is now, and all of a sudden, we don't know who this guy is <laughs> because the last month or so, he's been absolutely insane. Um, and that Boston game on Sunday, I enjoyed. That was probably my favorite Miles Bridges game uh, I've ever watched uh, as a, as a Hornets guy. Um, the, I mean, I, I don't know where do you want to start, right? Like the the defensive improvement has been obvious. Uh, you know, I wrote about his blocks today on Buy Me a Coffee and, and, and then Three Stings. I mean, he, he's re- his blocks have really uh, taken an uptick here in April. He, he's got, I mean, he's good at hawking him in the half court. He almost lets guys go by him sometimes in the half court and in, and in uh, transition just so he can come behind, smack it off the glass. And now Charlotte's got an advantage going the other way. So, uh, but, but, you know, he's guarding the best wing on the other team constantly. I think he's gotten a lot better at moving his feet playing defense with his chest. Um, I, mean, I mean, overall, sometimes defense is just effort. I, I've said that a lot in the past. And to me, and I don't know what prompted this for Miles Bridges because we have discussed in the past that his effort on defense and his airheadedness was as, as elite as really anybody that I've watched with his kind of athleticism. And here recently, that guy's gone. Yeah. I mean, he, he has been a different dude on that end that's driven, and it matters to him. And I think that's more than half the battle on the offensive end. I mean, it's just his off the dribble shooting, uh, his step back that's that's really started to polish itself. Um, you know, obviously we know what he can do with the lane to go down uh, and attacking the rim, but he's added. Um, you know, he's got a really consistent euro now. That spin move he tries to get to, 
uh, that defenders know are, are coming. He gets stonewalled a lot on that now. I mean, but he's got more tricks in the bag when he puts it on the floor and he's getting to the to the deck uh, more often. So those are just like my overall thoughts. Obviously, the playmaking has been really impressive too. If you Let's just say it this way, BG. If you had to pick like two or three things that you're just like, wow, did not see this coming from Miles over the past month or so, what would those be? Yeah, the the, the top of the list is the, the off-the-dribble shooting, and, and he's probably yeah. due for some regression there. Um, he's in the, he's in, I think the 95th percentile in the NBA in half court pull-up shooting right now, right now, not wow. off like, Didn't not off that. like crazy samples. But, uh, if you wanted to get really friendly with miles, I looked at this last night, um, of guys with at least 50, uh, off, uh, like pull-up off dribble half court jumpers this season. Miles is uh is third in the NBA in effective field goal percentage on those looks. Number two is is Steph Curry with like five times the, as many shots though, you know. So it's like yeah, we're not really quite comparing apples to oranges. How do you read this? Yeah, right. yeah. Curry's I mean he's broken the game again this year. His team stinks, but like he's obviously been incredible. Um, yeah, I think Miles has been like the MVP of the team this season. Really, just like his the iron. So I'll, I will say the pull up shooting has been terrific. The playmaking has been super duper good, impressive. Um, the PJ Miles pick and roll has been really, really fun. Miles' efficiency numbers out of the pick and roll, pick and pop this season are awesome. Post-up, he's shooting 57% on post-ups. Just like they can move Miles all over the court and give him different sets and actions. Exactly. You know, They run that, the 21 little pistol look where they get the switch, where they hunt the switch with him. They, they can throw it, they swing at the PJ, then they go over the top to Miles in the post. Uh, yeah, 57% on post-ups this year, shooting a great number on cuts. They even when they've, they, like recently, they've been running a lot of different stuff out of horns and they've been running a lot of flex, uh, either on baseline out of bounds or out of horns. And you can put Miles in any spot on that possession. You can throw it to him at the elbow. Then you have Rozier cut down, set that little baseline flex screen. Miles can yep. look to pass, or or then from there he can get to his pick and roll game. Um, you can put Miles in the corner and have him be the one coming off that flex screen. That's what they when they played Charlotte or when they played Boston on Sunday. First play of the game was flex. They put Miles in the corner. Uh, either Rozier, Devante set a flex screen for him. They were trying to get the switch with Kemba. Uh, Boston didn't switch. Miles cut in. Um, but so you can, you can put him anywhere. You can put the ball in his hands. You can make him a finisher. Yep. Uh, he's making good decisions with the basketball and yeah, you just can't say, you can't say enough about his playmaking. Like the reps he's getting are super duper valuable that, that, I mean, like it's, it's tough to watch Charlotte's offense on a lot of nights right now, but the best aspect of it, other than just like Devante, like bombing from three off the catch and PJ showing flashes of a bunch of different stuff has just been miles just doing anything he wants And the finishing has been like, he's not just a dunker. We have this conversation with Zion a lot, right? Where obviously Zion is like a transcendent finisher at the rim. And yes, he's an amazing dunker, but Zion's ability to, to use angles and to finish. I mean, like he's supernatural with his skill, right? His body control, his ability yeah. to get low, get into gaps. So I'm not comparing miles quite to that. But Miles does have that a, a diet version of that, where like he's not just a dunk bot, like he he he's yeah. got some craft and he can go up and under. He can finish with either hand. He can use weird parts of the glass. Um, he's yeah. mal. I mean, no, you're you're tapping into like an awesome awesome point. He's malleable mm-hmm. to almost any offensive scheme that's not completely prehistoric. You know, I mean, yeah. like the guy can you you can you can put him anywhere on the floor. Um, I, so why we're, cause we're kind of already talking about it. I want to go ahead and get to this listener question that we were going to yeah. save to the end, but yeah, I mean, yeah. we're talking about it. So, uh, I want to make sure I give uh, correct credit here. Um, it was from at Hugh G I F drew on Twitter. Um, excuse me. Uh, excuse me. It was from at Muscadin on Twitter. Yeah. What kind of sets looks is miles going to get when the posse comes back? He's in a he's established himself, uh, and is, uh, is, is hate to see. Oh, I would I hate, hate to see yeah. him lose. Mo- sorry. Yeah. I would hate to see him lose momentum. 
I say he's the starter for. So yeah, I mean, for sure, I think he should be in the starting unit. Mm-hmm. To me, BG, I was thinking about a lot, this a lot earlier and just listening to you talk again. That's why I want to head, go ahead and get into the question. I think that Miles, like it's the answer is what you said. You can put him anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. I think that Miles has earned having the ball at the top of the key with yeah. Devontae and Rozier or whoever, you know, off the ball hunting for shots and give him a screen and get him downhill. Because at this point, I trust him enough looking for his own, attacking the basket. And if it's not there, you know, making plays for his teammates. Yeah. My first thought was like, well, maybe when he comes back, make him the screener more often. Like we're going to be playing smaller more. It's going that's going to be you don't know where PJ out just being the screener constantly. He's put miles in that action. But I think what I landed it on is just like this guy's a playmaker for us now, right? And it, and it and it frees up Rozier and it yeah. frees up Devonte. And I, I would I would not be surprised to see a lot of Miles Bridges on the basketball. Um, maybe not as like bringing the ball up the floor, but five seconds into the shot clock, he's got the ball at the top of the arc, a screen's coming his way and we're playing. Um, I I mean, I I think he's proved it at this point, PG. Yeah. The, there's so much stuff you can do with him. And I think he's just scratching the surface. I've tweeted out some of these clips, but his ability to play because he can play both sides of the pick and roll, which like, by the way, a podcast many moons ago, that we recorded either before the 2017 draft when before he decided to go back to Michigan State or before the 2018 draft when he eventually then became the, the Hornets pick. We talked about Bridges at Michigan State, his ability to play both sides of the pick and roll. And you're seeing that now in Charlotte. He can operate it in a bunch of different ways. But so what I have really liked, and I think they're just scratching the surface on this, is finding ways to get him in play, like in space as like a DHO guy. And all of a sudden yeah. you can run so much stuff off of that it's such an easy way for guys like Devonte and Terry to just sprint into threes. It's a way to go matchup hunting and his ability. He, again, he's shown flashes with this, his ability though, to, to fake the handoff either off a live dribble, you know what I mean? And, and then go mm-hmm. downhill or to catch it, fake the handoff. Like, like he's running, a, you know, the, the option or something like that. And then go uh, really, really good. Like he's, he's very good at doing that. And we just, I'd like to see a little bit more of it. Um, so on that real quick, because you're talking about that action coming out of the corner, BG, like that little stagger, you know, stagger screen action, like w- w- that yeah. play is the most lethal with Miles because if you switch it, you, you create room for him to turn the corner, yeah. just like yes. naturally. Yeah. If you don't switch it and you're not blitzing it, he's turning the corner or he's getting to his euro, yeah. he's getting into his bag, and he's going to get to the rim. So I think at some point, like teams are just going to have to blitz that action, yeah. right? And that's like if, if PJ is the top screener, and he's rolling, he's slipping into the middle. Like Brago's going to pick up on that stuff quickly, but that's the adjustment I'm waiting on is that action that Charlotte loves to run with him out of the corner. If teams start blitzing Miles, there's easy ways to create advantages. And Charlotte already kind of read and reacts that kind of stuff anyway. Yeah. So I think they can counter it quickly. Yeah, there's that that play is referred to as strong elbow keep. That's that little like stagger twirl action. And uh, yeah, Bridges can either keep that and get that going downhill and he can go to his right hand. Like we've seen him finish off that. And to your point, like if that starts to become like a real spear for Charlotte to puncture teams with and to get rim pressure on without having to like run a ball screen, um, then yeah, it's going to open stuff up. Like you said, PJ slipping, you could see Rozier popping out for a three, you know what I mean? Just like when teams overreact and, and certain teams that have smaller point guards, like we've seen Boston have to sort of like adjust to try to not get, Kemba or Tremont Waters onto Miles because like he's strong as hell and, and again he can he can look to post up. Um some other stuff that I think would be kind of interesting. I like when they run Spain pick and roll in the middle with uh PJ and Miles and PJ's the first screener and Miles is the back screener because because hopefully like you get PJ on the roll, right? And he's just open for a finish at the rim. But I kind of like it if Miles is open for the pop, A, because his catch and shoot above the break three has been so good. So he can just like chuck it once he catches it there if he's open, like like Terry Rozier would. Or if you're getting a defense recovering, because like some teams are going to try to switch that. Some teams are going to try to switch two of, you know, two of the screen, you know, one of the screen, but not the other. But just you might be able to get Miles in the middle of the court against a scrambling defense or against a closeout, you know. And so I sort of I sort of like that as well, as opposed to just being like Miles come up, run, pick and roll. It's Miles playmaking in the middle of the court, but you've already created a little bit of advantage for him to start attacking on, which I which I kind of like. And you can get into that earlier in the shot clock. Um, 
more of that 21 pistol switch action. Like, but they've been running that since Miles got into the league his rookie year. Like that, that's a staple of JB's playbook, and they've run that a ton for Miles. I think um the one thing that I thought they would actually run more of this um with those guys, with like guys like Malik and and Gordon Hayward, uh, and Malik and, and Lamelo out. I thought we'd see more of them doing uh like what's called delay which is that like five out set where they put mm-hmm. one of the they put you know zeller it's been zeller pj or miles in the middle right and they give those guys and then there's a bunch that charlotte has probably like 12 different things they can do out of this but one of the things we see them do a lot is you, they throw the point guard brings it up they throw it to pj or miles in the middle um and then they'll cut across and run like a little screen, like a little brush screen on the ball underneath it. I like that as a way to get Miles going downhill. Um, I also like, I believe that's called delay under. One of the other plays I like for them is just when they get, they use this to get into Chicago action. And I really like the thought of this with, with PJ Washington as the guy in the middle. So point guard brings it up, throws it to PJ in the middle. PJ goes to his right hand. And on this possession, you've got Miles starting in the corner, deep corner on the right side. That's when you bring him into that Chicago action. You run him off a pin down with like LaMelo. He comes into the handoff with PJ. Now all of a sudden you've got Miles coming around to handoff, like essentially a staggered screen handoff. He can turn the corner and get downhill. And while this is all, he's going to be going to his strong left hand. Like you would see Houston doing this with James Harden. But instead yep. of like, you know, uh, in, in the same thing is you're trying to get them turning the corner and, and get, you know, getting them on the outside of the screen and, and into the paint. Um, and as, as that's happening on that weak side, you get the 45 cut. This is where Nick Batum used to always hit Malik Monk for lobs on this. But so you could get a Malik Just, cutting to the hoop and, and Miles going to his left hand. What they also like one, to do is one guard and two on yeah, that end. Yeah, exactly. it's just a cut, Phil. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they also like to have that 45 cut guy instead of cutting all the way through to sometimes set a pin. So, like, you could have – it could be Malik coming in and pinning for Terry Rozier. And then all of a sudden, Miles is – you know, you've got a guy coming to help him at the nail from the weak side. He can just kick out to an open three behind the screen. So, I think there's a lot of stuff they can get to with that. And I thought they would – I thought we would see more of – I thought we, actually we would see sort of, like, more of this. Um, I just think – I just think, like – <laughs> Miles' like advantage creation has been so good the last couple of games. His first step has been good. His first dribble has been good. And keep an eye on him when like he's about to catch and go or he's about to launch into a handoff. Man, he is hitting it. It is like a running back hitting the hole in football. Yeah, like like, he, that's, like yeah. he is so exactly. charged up to get in there, yeah. and he's just flying by guys to turn the corner that, and get into the paint. It's 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 really that's what I mean. That, that's like that's that's what I'm seeing watching the games. Yeah. And I, I there's guy there's coaches out there saying, all right, look, this guy is not going to do this against us. We we're going to take our top defender on that little stagger, yeah. whatever kind of action it is. And he's just going to meet him face to face. Yeah. So he's going to have to split it, which we haven't seen much of from him. Yeah. Or or he's going to have to give it up. He's going to have to retreat, dribble, and somehow keep them in their offense. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's the counter coming. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I mean, great stuff. Yeah. I mean, can I BG doing? Can I yeah. just can I just toss out just a couple more real quickly? We talked yeah. about yeah. horns flex. I like that with him. I like the horns flare play they run with him, and they and they do this with Hayward a lot too, where like you put. One of Hayward or Bridges at the at the elbow and horns. You throw it to them early. Then the the point guard cuts off them. They pitch it back, and then you'll see Miles yeah. sprint out to his left off a flare screen from PJ or Cody Zeller or Bismarck. And then you throw it to Bridges there, and he's either got to catch and shoot three, or they can get into pick and roll off that as well. It's the same thing of just like you're getting Miles in the middle of the court. You're scrambling the defense up a little bit. And, and giving him some like quick reads if it's there if, if Zeller or PJ's open on the slip depending you talk, on the team. you talk about the the play that starts with the Iverson cut and then and then and then the, the pitch out and then the run to set and then turn and the flare no this one you, this one is still this one is just like it's like straight horns there's there's no Iverson cut across the middle of the formation like it's just like PJ and Miles at the elbows and horns or that you know above the elbows area. There's they like the first part of the play is you throw it to PJ at the el- or you throw oh, it to Miles at the you, elbow. Miles catches it. Then you know Devonte will run off him. Miles will quick pitch it back, and as soon as he pitches it, he he sprints out to the opposite. The set is, yeah, he comes off the flare from PJ, and then they've gotten some good looks on that. And Gordon Hayward's really really freaking good at at, at using that too. They when they beat Washington earlier this year, Hayward just killed the Wizards 
running that that action. Um, we we talked about that stagger elbow keep earlier. That's the the fake handoff play to get him going downhill. And then one play that I cannot wait to see come back. Um, look, this is something that's been in JB's playbook for a while. Um, and they've still tried to run it every now and then, but it's just not the same without LaMelo. But it's that mm. it's called a two chase exit. And it's this it's like the ghost staggered pick and roll with the with the corner like occupy. It's the LaMelo to Bridges lob play. It's just like we just yeah. haven't seen, you know, and that's the one that's like why probably why one of the reasons why Miles is pick and roll finishing numbers are so good this year because like they were just caving in teams on that but that's like the second the you know monk razier they come up they set a ghost screen on the ball miles is trailing right behind them he sets a pick and roll he rolls hard while that's happening uh pj is setting like a like a pin in screen like, like on the on the almost. strong corner yeah. yeah and and rosier or someone else is, or hayward is coming off that into the corner and like that corner screen is really just there to occupy the backline help. But theoretically, like Terry could be coming off that for a, you know, a, like a little like catch and shoot three, too. So um, there's a lot of that sort of stuff. And just like in general, I'm liking the P, the, I'm liking the Miles PJ straight pick and roll is like a late clock bailout. Um, I'm sure teams yeah. want to switch that, but like they have counters to it because like PJ's playing the five. You may not want your five to switch on to Miles because he can get busy, he can get to his crossover game. Or PJ can start slipping and getting into yeah, exactly. the short PJ is really good at that too. Yeah, he, he, yeah. he PJ can anticipate the switch, or they just they communicate when they see it once. And PJ is, I mean, he gets three steps from the screen and he's sprinting right down the middle of the floor. Yeah. I mean, he's he's gotten really really proficient at that. Yeah, um, great stuff on Miles. I mean, all the different ways they can use him. I mean, a, a, an awesome kind of highlight package there, if you will, from BG. Uh, if you want to see him. Uh, actually describe what he did in words. Just go to his Twitter page at <laughs> B guys bird. He's got all these plays in there as well. But I mean, the, the point is Charlotte has got a lot, a lot in the bag yes. when, when they need it in the playoffs. And, the, and we brought it up earlier in the episode. How are they going to win when it matters? They're going to win on the offensive end. They got to outscore teams. And there's a lot of ways to do that when you get Monk, LaMelo and Hayward back, which will hopefully be soon. Um, we had one more listener question that I wanted to get to. I've never heard of this guy. His name is Richie Randall. He's <laughs> at Richie Randall on Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, give me a follow or something, Richie, because this is a random one. never heard of him. Um, so he asked, if all are healthy, what's your nine-man rotation in the play-in playoffs? I think this is a, a, a very good question. And when I went to actually like study and look at it earlier, I was like, man, Charlotte's got like, – pretty deep roster here like you know yeah. not full of uh, all-stars no. by, by any stretch of the imagination but certainly serviceable players so i think it's easy well i shouldn't say easy to me it's simple one through eight it's you yes. know lamella ball terry rosier gordon hayward miles bridges pj washington like that's my <laughs> it's probably my closing lineup we can debate about whether Devonte should be in there or not for for whoever but i think that's the best five then it's Devonte. Monk, and I would say Cody Zeller is going to be in my eight-man rotation. The ninth guy is is really pretty interesting. And and I'm just interested to know if if Borrego's going to play nine guys. I mean, yeah. it might just be an eight-man rotation uh, in the playoffs, in the play-in. But I think it comes down to three guys. Brad Wanamaker, Cody Martin. I think he's shown us enough over the past week or so being in the starting lineup where you know what he's bringing to the table. And I think it's – uh, it's important enough what he brings on the defensive end and with his effort and with his offensive rebounding that, that you, it might merit a rotational spot. And then the last guy is, is Jalen McDaniels. Um, you know, I, I think Jalen McDaniels does a lot of stuff well. He's, he's shot the ball well in the minutes he's gotten this year. Um, he can do some things defensively. I, I find myself constantly wanting more from him defensively, but he shows a flash every now and with a deflection or some ridiculous steal because he's – it's just crazy long. Um, but those would be the three guys, BG, that I would say get the ninth spot. At the end of the day, I would probably go with Jalen McDaniels because I think he's given me enough shooting and enough defense just because of how switchable he is. He's such a good point-of-the-attack defender. I mean, he really moves his feet and slides well for a guy, a guy of his size. Um 
But I think you can make a case for all of them. Like Brad Wanamaker's your classic, like coach is just going to trust him, right? <laughs> like he can put the ball in his hands. He's he's going to attack the rim hard. I'm not sure how he finishes the shot he finishes because he's like he's barely jumping, <laughs> leaving the floor. But he can he can, he can finish through contact. Um, and he can just organize. You know, he can organize on offense when you need it. Not sure how much this team will need that when it matters, but uh, and he fights defensively. So I would go with McDaniels as my night spot and the other eight guys that I mentioned. Uh, where do you stand on that, BG? Yeah, um, this this maybe won't be too interesting because, like, I agree completely with you. Uh, I, in fact, I have my like starters slash you know leverage lineup identical: Lamelo, Rozier, Hayward, Bridges, PJ. Um, again, if you wanted to argue Devonte or, or Monk in there over Rozier at times, you know, I wouldn't hate it either, but that's my, that's my eight man rotation. And, and, and I, that's the top eight for me. And, and I do think you, you touched on this and I, it, it fascinates me as well. Like assuming they make the playoffs or just, and we can even borrow the play in scenario for this, for this hypothetical too. I'll be, I, I don't know if JB is going to play nine guys, like unless he, like what, if they're fully healthy, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see. And it'll provide us a new data point for break coach B, right? Like we haven't seen this. We've seen James Rago have to play a lot of like coach, a lot of sort of like, you know, regular season average NBA basketball games um, have not really seen him as much when there's like crazy stakes on the line. And uh, I will be fascinated to see, like, you know, who he trusts um, and how the rotation breaks down. If he goes nine, I am with you that I think it should be Jalen McDaniels over Cody Martin. Um, I think honestly, those guys could be vying for this spot right now. Like that, that, that could be, yeah. could be, it's gonna be an audition. It's happening. gonna be yeah. an yeah. audition, and if that's the case, like, uh, perhaps to the dismay of 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 you and and. Uh, in me, it does seem like Cody Martin has a slight edge, and Bray goes on record saying he thinks Cody Martin's their best defender um, in the past. So I think I bet he would lean Cody Martin. I think he trusts Cody Martin a little bit more, but uh, I do think you get a little bit more um, with uh, with Jalen. I think Cody's lack the lack of his shot is such a concern, and in the playoffs, that might just be like a deal breaker. Like unless I think that's. Yeah, I think that's what breaks it for me. It's just like he takes – I mean, we've talked – we've exhausted ourselves talking in this episode, talking about how much stuff Charlotte can get into offensively. And Cody just like yeah. – just his mere presence yeah. just neuters almost all – just yeah. so much of it. Especially if like Zeller is out there as well. I mean, he's not certainly not as bad as Biz. Like when they play PJ5, it's kind of interesting when they can turn Cody into like a, a short roll guy, but – how good is he at that? Like, eh, it's tough to say. There isn't that large of a um, a sample, but just like you can't play four on five <laughs> in these scenarios offensively. It's why I don't exactly. think Biz can be yeah. in the rotation. It's why like Cody, ugh, I I don't know. Um, McDaniel's has catch and go juice. We've talked about that. His ability to sort of like glide around to close out. He can he can finish a little bit at the rim off a dribble. Um, has shown the ability he, to sort of like be smart, cut, hit the offensive glass, set flare screens. Like, and, and Cody Martin's going to do all that stuff too, right? That's like that's like right. proto fifth starter stuff. But I just think because like McDaniel's gives you more length defensively, probably better at the point of attack. Maybe you favor Cody Martin at the point of attack. We can have that. We can have that larger debate at some point as well but like i just think like on these small things that you would want from this sort of like the ninth guy utility wing i just think mcdaniels is just better than cody martin then now cody martin makes like winning plays he makes hustle plays i don't know how much cody martin drives winning necessarily because like the the shot is just such a liability for him offensively it just feels like as much as he can give you in terms of just like emptying the bucket taking charges, flying around, saving loose balls, tipping passes. I mean, you highlighted this on Twitter recently, like lots of steals, <laughs> like, like, like yeah, dude, dude totally swiping crazy. everything, you know? Um, but, uh, but I just don't, I think the other stuff makes him, uh, could make him unplayable against certain matchups in the postseason. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. So I, I think at the end of the day, it's just like McDaniels gets it because of, of just because of what he gives you offensively uh, yeah. and he can keep the ball moving too. Um, 
All right. Well, this was fun. I think we got to get out of here. We're we're at an hour, um, and that guy named Richie Randall would would tell us it's time it's time to wrap it, boys. So, <laughs> yeah. B- yeah. <laughs> B- BG, this was fun. Any closing thoughts? Not much else other than just a very short plug. I'm joining uh, our friend of the show, Lee Branscombe, on the the Witch Carolina podcast this weekend. We're going to discuss draft prospects. We're going to hit um, Moses Moody out of Arkansas, Davion Mitchell from Baylor. And also uh, Chris Duarte from Oregon, who I'm actually doing a, I just happen to be doing a film dive on him right now. So those are three guys that actually the the Hornets may make, depending on how things shake out with the with the the lottery pick or the postseason or whatever. Like you know, Charlotte's probably going to take the can on some of these two, at least two of these guys. So uh, we're recording that on Sunday, and I'm sure it'll be out you know either Sunday or Monday. So keep an eye for that. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, I got to sharpen up on my draft prospect game because I am way behind this year. So I uh, got to get better on that. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. As always, we'd appreciate any support you can give us. If you want to help us out, go ahead and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as it shouldn't take too much time out of your day. So until next time, for Spencer, MBG, buzz on. Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. <laughs>